business building warrior. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Unusual looking screen if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening, you may notice a slight change in the audio. That's because I'm doing something a little different today. I'm actually reviewing a video alongside hearing it while you listen as well. This is one of the sessions from the recent proven conference that happened as I'm recording this just a few days ago, mid-August 2022. We had about 580 people register. Well over 500 showed up to our three-day conference with a few dozen different breakout sessions. We met each morning in the big room, the main conference room, and then we broke up and went all different directions. And I'm going to bring you a few of these sessions from the conference just so you can get a little taste of the kind of things that happen at these events. And maybe you can join us next time. The videos will soon be available at theprovenconference.com as well if you're interested. But uh, you can see if you're watching on YouTube, the screen's kind of frozen. I'm going to hit the play button here in just a minute and we'll see a presentation by Jimmy Smith. That's the gentleman in our community who systemized replens several years ago. We've constantly improved the process, and it is a system that has helped, at this point, thousands of people build incredible businesses. If you've listened to multiple episodes of this podcast, actually, you've heard hundreds of recent episodes of people who have used the replen strategies to build amazing businesses. That's what this podcast is primarily, is people who are starting their Amazon journey, finding success. We start them with the replens model. They build incredible businesses. And just today, we had a gentleman post that he had just had a $300,000 month. I mean, that's how big some of these businesses are getting. It's, It's pretty insane what people are doing with their businesses around here. But I want to get into this session, tell you what it is, and kind of watch it with you. I have not watched this session yet. I watched the first couple minutes, so I knew where to start. I kind of know where I'm going to end it. I scroll to the end, but I just want to watch and experience it along with you. Pause it from time to time to add some commentary if I think there needs to be a little clarification. But the people who attended this session, and you, I don't know how many were in the room. We can only see the first couple of rows. And keep in mind, we were breaking up into five or six different rooms. There were over 500 of us. So that's probably 150 people or so in the room with Jimmy at the time when he gave this presentation. Everyone who attended got all the videos. So they knew they could go to whatever session they wanted to experience. They'd get all the videos later. But this session is how to scale your Amazon business. So if you've been around our community a little while, Maybe you're just getting started or maybe you've got some momentum. Jimmy's going to hit some key points on what it takes to continually scale and grow your business, to outsource different aspects of it, to get to the point where it's automated, where you're taking yourself out of the equation. You've heard me say things before like only do the things that only you can do. As your business gets profitable, you need to remove yourself from the equation so you become a business owner instead of somebody who's in the day-to-day work every day. He hits on those kind of themes, starting with people who are brand new and kind of scaling up from there. That's the way our course is laid out. Now, when he talks about the replens course, he's mentioning, of course, he's talking about the proven Amazon course. There'll be a link below this video, wherever you're watching it or the audio to the proven Amazon course. This was actually the proven conference. Every session had to do with the proven strategies from the content that we teach. So provenamazoncourse.com, if you're ready to get started, that's where you go to learn these systems. So the stuff that Jimmy talks about today, as well as many other great lessons are contained inside the Proven Amazon course, dozens of modules. But I don't want to spend a whole lot of time setting this up. I'm eager to watch this video along with you. So I'll kind of vanish from the screen here once I hit play and I'll pop back in from time to time, like I said, with some commentary. Let's enjoy this session together, kind of joining it already in progress here in just a moment. So today we're going to be talking about scaling your Amazon business. This is something that is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It's probably my favorite one to talk about. Uh, if, if any of you, how many of you have actually been through the replen course all the way through it or at least started it? Okay, good, good portion. How many of you have not gone through the replen course itself? Okay. 
gives me a good idea. So the replan course, the first four sessions, four to five, I believe, uh, over half of it is about going from zero to $10,000 per month. The last half, we talk about the general principles from going $10,000 per month to over 100,000 per month. And scaling, there's a lot more that goes into scaling than just four sessions. Uh, and so this is something that, you know, I've done uh, group math like that. And this takes 10, 12 weeks sometimes to go through all the different systems. Okay. So uh, Jimmy just mentioned the replens course. And just as a reminder, he's talking about the proven Amazon course. We start you off in the proven Amazon course with the replens modules that teach you the basics of everything from getting started, signing up, ramping up, going from zero to 10,000. That's what he's talking about right now. I just didn't want to leave anyone behind just to clarify that's what he's talking about. All right, let's let him keep rocking. Systems that we've got in our business. And so today, what we're going to be talking about, let me go ahead and give you my promise to you, is that at the end of this, you'll know the five-step framework that I use for outsourcing, creating systems, and scaling, not just the Replens Amazon business, but I use this framework for just anything in my life, for other businesses that I've been a part of. Uh, this is the same framework that I use for everything. And uh, I want to make sure that you know that that's what you're going to get out of it. If that's not what you want, then I recommend checking out a different session. Okay. Uh, that's what we're going to go through. Um, all right. So let's first address some myths here because I know Whenever I decided that I wanted to start scaling my business, I had a lot of preconceived ideas of things that ultimately were either incorrect or they limited my ability to, to do this properly. And so I want to address those myths first and foremost. The first one is that this costs too much money that I've got so many different things going on in my business. I know that if I were to get every software that I needed and I were to get employees and a warehouse and do all of these things, that it's gonna cost me way too much money to actually outsource my business, to actually get it done. And while that can be accurate if you were to try to do everything all at once, what I typically find is that most people, the best way to do this is just one by one, slowly but surely, and you want to pick the right things as you go through. And in the framework, I'll show you kind of how to pick the right things up front that you should be outsourcing first. So you don't have to come at this from the mindset of, I've got to outsource everything in my business, and so it's going to cost me a bunch to do that. You also don't... Hey, I'm going to pause it there for just a second. I want you to kind of think through with me. When you start automating your business systems, what is the first thing that you should automate? I've talked about it before. If you've heard me mention it on the podcast, I've been very consistent actually the past several years on what my advice is. I want to be curious what Jimmy's advice is, and he's not here to defend himself. We'll see if he comes to the same conclusion I do. I haven't heard this presentation yet. Again, I'm, I'm hearing this portion along with you. So I'm curious to see where he suggests you should start. Think in your own head. What's the first higher you should make. And I'm going to see where Jimmy goes. And uh, if he has a different opinion than than mine, typically, it'll be interesting. And uh, I'll kind of debate him, even though, like I said, he's not here. Let's see where he goes with this. I'm curious. I have to do it uh, with a warehouse and employees like we did it in our business. You've seen it with Leah and Jessica and the OA Simplified course. There's so many different ways that you can outsource this business. Uh, so in and, and ways that aren't super expensive, right? So Leah and Jessica, I know, for instance, Leah has talked about how she didn't have any uh, employees locally, didn't have any shoppers or anything, didn't even get a VA until recently, but she spends hundreds of dollars a month on software and she spends money on a prep center. So she did outsource her business throughout the course of her growing it. And there's ways to do that where you're not putting out a ton of money up front on a warehouse and employees and all of that. Okay. He just mentioned Leah and Jessica. They actually did a session and they came out with our course, our OA Simplified course, oasimplified.com. This is a couple of moms who work pretty much part-time and they've built amazing six-figure-per-month sales businesses at great margins. They never see or touch their inventory. So obviously they've implemented a lot of the strategies to scale and automate that Jimmy's going to go into today. And he mentioned there's several ways to, to tackle this monster. A lot of it has to do with which strategy you pick. And, and we can take you through these steps, but I wanted to pause it here to emphasize this isn't just theory. We have many people in our community, several of which, for example, travel full-time. They don't manage the inventory in their RV. They have a team doing these things 
for them. So we're going to talk through more of that. I just want to make sure you understood what's possible. Just because you're selling physical product doesn't mean you've got to tape boxes and package them up and get them on your front porch or go to stores. And you don't have to be the one that does these things. So, all right, let's get back into it. I'll try not to interrupt him too much, but I just want to clarify for anyone who's new what's possible. So there, I just want to kind of ease people's minds as we get into this, that it's not going to cost too much money. The second one is that it's too complicated. And this is probably one of the more difficult things that I had to deal with up front because I would sit down and I looked at our business at the time we were doing twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars per month. And I was like, man, I got a lot of stuff I do. Like, there's no way I can outsource this. How can I trust somebody else to do these things in our business that I've spent two years at this point learning? How can I train somebody to take on these things? And at this point, just so you know, we've got, uh, I believe it's 12 employees. I can never remember the number, if it's 10 or 12, somewhere between there. Uh, uh, We've got 12 employees that pretty much do the majority of the work. And in the Amazon business now, I probably work a few hours a week on the Amazon side. Brittany does a little bit more than I do because she manages the employees a little bit more. But ultimately, these are things that you can slowly and surely stair step to get to the point where everything is outsourced. It's not going to be too complicated. You don't have to do it all at once. You can slowly do this. Additionally, how many people use a software in here to help with their Amazon business at all? Okay. Good majority of you, I'd say 90% probably of you have done that. That means that you've already outsourced something. And you'll see, just because I'm talking about outsourcing and scaling, a lot of the times we want to find a software program to do it for us because it's a very simple method to outsource tasks that are repeatable uh, and are you know, fairly cost effective to be able to do that. So it's not too complicated for most people to get in and, and do this, uh, this task. The next thing is that's going to take too much time. And as I've mentioned a couple times already, so I'm not going to take too long on this. Obviously, you look at everything in your business, you think, I don't have enough time to do this. Uh, it's just better if I if I sit down and I do the sourcing myself, or I sit down and I do the repricing myself, or I sit down and I do the prep and ship myself, because I don't have the time to train somebody else how to do this. But ultimately, that is hurting the growth of your business long term. So you need to be able to look at this from a long-term strategy. If there's something that you need to outsource based off the framework we'll go through here in a minute, then uh, you need to look at it from the long-term focus that this is going to be the best for, for the length and longevity of the business. Because if you think it takes too much time right now and you try to do it all yourself, you're going to hit a point of burnout. You're going to hit that point where it's like, you know what, I'm doing this 80 hours a week. It's not worth it. You know, just not worth it because I've grown the business to 20000 a month. I can't get over that. I don't have time to, to add people into the business or to train them. I don't trust them because it's too complicated or it's going to cost me too much money. Where ultimately, if you go and you follow this framework, you'll be able to take a little bit of time, break it down into simple steps, and do it with not too much money up front so you can slowly get this going. And then the last one, which is the hardest one for me to address, is that I can't do it right? That you believe in yourself that you just can't do it for whatever reason. Um, and, and for me, I had that belief for the longest time with, with different business models and whatnot. But as we've seen with the replens course and content, we've seen a lot of people scale these businesses in different ways, whether it's through a warehouse and employees, or it's through a prep center, uh, or it's through, you know, virtual assistants and, and a bunch of different methods. There's tons of proof that people can do this. And so what I encourage you to do is take that as encouragement that you can do it as well because of these things we're going to talk about. Now, I can't get in your brain and tell you, hey, you can do it, right? But uh, I at least want want you to know, I want to address the fact that the majority of people that decide not to grow their business or scale it is because somewhere inside, they probably feel like they can't do it themselves. I'm going to pause Jimmy right there. Uh, I can't resist One of the roles that I see this podcast playing, and again, if this is your first episode, you may not be aware of this, but if you've been around a few weeks or better yet, a few months listening to 5, 10, 50 episodes, I pride the the purpose of this. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we destroy excuses, that I just can't do it excuse. If you listen to our podcast long enough, you're going to meet 5, 10, 15, 50 other people that you think to yourself, okay, that person's doing it. I don't have any excuses. I can do this. And then the scaling and the growing, the starting, whatever step you're stuck at where you're thinking, I just don't know if I can do this. 
one of the most valuable ways to break that down. Please allow yourself to be exposed to the people who are doing stuff that you don't think you're capable of. And they're no more skilled or qualified. They just decided to get started and do it. So that's the purpose of this podcast. Listen to some episodes. That's why we do this show, to help you be confronted with the fact that there's other people out there doing it. Why can't you? And then once you get rolling, you're going to get the encouragement to continue growing and scaling. So, all right, sorry to interrupt you again, Jimmy. I just wanted to make that point. That's the whole purpose of this podcast is these episodes that we do is to motivate and encourage you that you can do it. Right. And it might fall into one of these three other buckets above it. Right. It might fall into the first three excuses, but sometimes it falls into, you know, I just can't do it. I don't believe in myself. So if anybody can do this, we've had tons of people, tons of success stories with it. That means you can too. And uh, I'm going to show you the, the way that we kind of simplify it in our business. Before I do that, I'm going to get into a story. So in the replens course, I, uh, I give a little bit of our background of when we started to outsource the business and, and what effect we had on our business once the employees were brought in. But I never really tell the whole thing. And uh, I kind of wanted to take the time at the Proven Conference to give that, that story of, of me quitting my job and moving on and not growing for four or five months after I quit my job and then having to outsource because we didn't have any other choice. And that's where all of this has come from, actually, the framework. Oh, hit the wrong button. So uh, whenever I started uh, on Amazon, it was back in December 2015. We're coming up on the seven-year mark of selling on Amazon. We were right out the gate with Jim Cockrum Coaching. Uh, we were actually trying to decide between a, a real estate uh, coaching program, uh, like flipping houses and stuff like that, or Amazon. And I don't remember the reason for it. It might have been because Brittany wanted to shop or whatever, and, and that was uh, probably uh, the direction we decided to go because that'd be more fun. But, um, you know, once we did that, we learned about clearance shopping. And then after a couple years of having small success with that, we found the Legends Group with Ryan Rieger and, and Danny Stock and learned about replens as a concept. That's where we learned about it for the first time. And we made a hard stop and switched from clearance and arbitrage sourcing to, to uh, sourcing for replenishable products. And after a couple months of doing that, we had some great success with finding replens. Uh, nobody at the time had really scaled it to a big level. And uh, we went to a Legends conference and talked with Ryan. We were doing probably about $20,000 a month at the time. Uh, and I remember talking to Ryan and saying, hey, when is it a good time to quit my job? Which is always a difficult answer or a difficult question for anybody to answer because I get that all the time. But what he told me and what we decided to take the risk on was once you're making 50% of what you need in your job, and you're, you know, you expect to go from full time in a job to now full time in Amazon. That's a, a good time to start thinking about leaving a job. So that's what we decided to do. Once we hit the point where we're making 50% profit, uh, or you know, our profit was 50% of what I was making at my job, I decided to quit. I know some people wait until they're making 100%, so don't just go home and quit your jobs, okay? This isn't full license, don't, don't get mad at me, but you know, think about it, pray about it. Uh, but ultimately, we did it at the 50% point. And uh, I remember the day that I went to quit my job, I was super nervous, like I was just shaking, and I had this appointment with my boss, and he had this corner office, and some chairs outside, like some almost like dentist office chairs, like waiting room chairs. And I was sitting there for like 30 or 45 minutes. It felt like two or three hours, just like shaking, you know, waiting for him. Because I'd never had to quit a job before at the time, because this was a while back. Uh, and we got into the conversation and it ended up going well. I kept having a friend of mine at the job walking by, like, you're still like sitting here waiting for this. But uh, it, was, it was a crazy experience. But really, what freaked me out the most was whenever I had my first day of not having a job to go to. Because I woke up, I was like, oh, this feels great. And then it hit me, but I have no idea what to do. <laughs> like, I have no idea what I'm going to do for the rest of my day. I've been so used to going to a job and having people tell me what to do and, and really having a decent schedule of my typical things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I woke up and I was like, well, I guess I'll eat breakfast. You know, and I took it one by one. I had no idea. And then it hit me that, oh, no, I don't know what I want to do or how to do it, really. So... What if Amazon went away? 
that was a scary thing, you know, that I, that I thought about, but I kind of shoved down in the back of my brain. What if Amazon was gone one day? So what I did, and I thought it was a great idea at the time, which looking back, and you'll see, wasn't. Uh, I decided to take every course that I could find outside of this community, by the way. I went and found courses on dropshipping on Facebook, on Etsy and Shopify, and uh, merch by Amazon, and uh, I think private label and some wholesale stuff. I went and looked at every course, bought a bunch of them, and tried to do everything that I possibly could to get us away from the Amazon business that I just quit my job to double down on. Which sounds great, because you're like, cool, more streams of income. The problem is you don't focus on the one thing that's working, and it ultimately spells disaster. And so for us, three months after I quit my job, three months after we were super excited for me to be able to double down on this and grow it, we hadn't grown at all. Let me pause Jimmy right there. Love the recap, love the history. I've heard this part of the story before and uh, I didn't realize he included it in his presentation. I'm so glad he did. Let me just reemphasize something he just said because it, it seems like a contradiction when you first hear us talk about it around here. We are a multiple income stream community. We love the idea of having multiple income streams and not being reliant on any one big platform. But as Jimmy just said, you don't want to skip around and try to do everything all at once. You build up a system, you get it automated. That's the point of this video today. That's the point of this training. You build a system, you make it robust, you put a lot of energy into it, but you slowly remove yourself from the equation, freeing yourself up to do like Jimmy did. He was the first guy to really systemize Replans. He didn't invent the concept. It came from our community. It came from the Legends Group. They'll have, we'll have a link to that here today. It's a, it's a more intimate community. Our, our bigger Facebook group has about 70,000 people in it. Legends is a smaller, paid, more exclusive group. I'll stick a link to it so you can check it out. That's where Replans emerged originally as a concept. But Jimmy really broke it down into its basic, simple, step-by-step. Step. He was the first person to do that in the industry, and he doesn't brag about it, and probably he never brags about it, so I'm assuming he's not going to here, but he put a real system behind it. That's now what the Proven Amazon course replans module is. It's that step-by-step, step, breaking it down so that you can fully scale and grow. And that is another income stream for him now, as you might imagine, because he's helped thousands of people build incredible businesses through this community. So he gets paid to create that content. He gets paid a percentage of everybody who comes through and gets replans training or coaching from us. So that's another income stream for him. So you see how those income streams complement and build on each other? He didn't run around. He's sharing the mistake he made right now with us that he tried to run around and do all of it at once. I'm assuming he's going to circle back and talk about focusing in because they really did begin to scale. And I remember that part of his story. So let's jump back and hear Jimmy talk about that uh, coming up next. And we had ultimately realized that, okay, none of this is working. So we have a few choices. One is I could quit doing that and go back and sell insurance at a different insurance agency because that's what I did before, beforehand. I could get a different job because I really hated selling insurance, so why go back to something different? Or we know that we hate prep and ship, and we know that there's certain tasks in our business that we don't like, so we could just double down on the replens thing like we had originally said, and we could outsource some of these tasks. And for us, that's when we decided, okay, We've got to get a warehouse because we don't want strangers in our homes. Now, for many of you, you may or may not care. Maybe you have friends and family that can come over and help you. Maybe you've got a prep center. At the time, there were no prep centers in St. Louis for retail arbitrage drop-offs. So we had to get a warehouse and we didn't want to pivot to all online arbitrage. So we decided to get a warehouse. We hired two people, two brothers actually, who are still with us today. It's, we got lucky four years later, they're still employed by us and one actually runs the warehouse for us now. But what I wanted to tell you and, and really make a point of is the, the month before we got these employees, we were doing $25,000 that month, this June. In July, we got the employees, we trained them over a four-week period, and we hit 35000 And then in August, the second month, we hit 70000 So for us, that is when the power of outsourcing and scaling our business just really hit home for me. And that's when I decided to start making systems. So we actually did this all without any of the systems, without any of this framework I'm going to take. Did you hear how fast he went from 20 to 70 when he went serious and started outsourcing and hired some people? We see that a lot. 
you may think you're too busy to hire some people, to outsource, to scale, to bring other people onto the team, but things can start happening for you very quickly when you do. And remember that first question I had for you, I haven't heard him revisit it yet, so I might be pausing again and asking you, who should that first hire be? I want to hear more details because I don't know this part of his story, who they hired first, what their role was. It sounds like they may have hired prep and uh, people to prep the boxes. So I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment and challenge some of the uh, some of the process here. If I'd been their coach at that time, I might have had a slight tweak to the system. But let's hear where Jimmy goes with this, and I'll come back and revisit that point here in, in uh, just a moment. Let him continue his story. Tell you here in just a minute, uh, and we did it because we were just like we need to get these things off of our plate. We need to get prep and ship, which I like. I've said it was soul sucking. I hated it. We had to get it away for them to do it, so that then we could go and shop, and that's what we did. Now, one mistake many people make is that when they start outsourcing things, instead of replacing that time with profitable time, finding more inventory or making money, you know, on your business, they'll spend it watching Netflix or on Facebook. And so you've got to be careful with that because uh, once you start to free up your time, like, sweet, I got all this extra time, I can do what I want. But if you're not replacing it with profitable time, it's going to ultimately hurt your business as well. Then you're spending money and you're not making anything on top of it. Okay. But for us, that was kind of the power of, of outsourcing. Since then, we've started to you know scale and add a bunch of systems and different processes. And that's what we're going to go through with this five-step framework. Now, I know uh, some of you, uh, actually, are there anybody in here that's gone through any of my outsourcing information or advanced replans mastermind? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Yeah, we got a couple people. Awesome. Um, so what's, uh, for, for those of you that have done that, this is going to be you know, kind of a reiteration of the basic framework of it. Uh, but for those of you that haven't, this is what we use as the foundation for that program and moving forward. This is what I do literally in any business that I get involved in. Whenever I have to outsource and scale something, this is the framework I go with. So the first thing is you need to know the value of your time. So I'll let you write that down. You need to know the value of your time. Okay, and I know where he's going here, and I want to just fill in a little gap. This isn't a major philosophical difference, but this is maybe the super safe way to go down the road that Jimmy's talking about here. And he may address it later in the, in the show, but the first person you should hire, the first person you should bring on your team, this is actually advice that I received from Dave Ramsey several years ago. When you're growing any business is someone who actually generates revenue not a convenience. Remember he said how soul-sucking it was to prep inventory? And I get it, man. I feel it. I feel the pain of that. I've, that's not something that motivates me either. But if you're going to play it super safe, rather than hire somebody to do the stuff you don't want to do, we always encourage you to hire someone that finds more profitable inventory, that brings more money into the business. That's why we're so excited, for example, about Proven Replens VA, that program. We've got trained virtual assistants that can search for products. $4 an hour, you've got a pro who's looking for inventory for your account. Okay, so I just wanted to fill that gap in. And you can do it the way you want to do it. I'm just saying, having coached thousands of students, where typically, you know, maybe it was an oversight on Jimmy's part. I'm not saying he's wrong by any means, but I'm saying your odds are better if you don't make convenience hires. Instead, you hire people to bring revenue into the business as your first few hires. It makes sense, right? You're, you're not cutting into your revenue in order to bring people in the door that way. All right, let's continue on with Jimmy's system. I'm excited to see what he's got here. I've, it's been a while since I've seen this system laid out, so I'm going to learn a few things here, I'm sure, as we go. Now, how many people in here are, are below $10,000 a month? Okay, and then how many are between 10 to 40, stage two? Anybody past 40? Awesome. Okay, so we got one. So the majority of you are in the 10 to 40 stage, which to me is, a, this is, I'm glad you're here because this is the perfect time. This is when you need to really uh, hit those, those systems pretty hard. But the value of your time, for those of you under $10,000 a month, this one's going to be a little bit difficult uh, of a pill to swallow, so to speak, because to me, in any replans business, if you are sourcing product, you should be able to value your sourcing time at $100 per hour. Now, some of you might be like, oh my goodness, that is not anywhere close to what I'm making. Um, 
the thing, the reason I say $100 an hour, first off, it's a good number. Second, I know if I go to a store and I source, I can typically make two to $250 in an hour on profit for those products in any part of the country, because we've done that. We've flown to different parts of the country and done training for people uh, a couple years ago, and we were able to find 50 to 70 replens in a day sourcing. That's just ASINs, by the way. So if we bought three or four of those, it's way more than that. So for us, it's typically two to $250 an hour for our time if we're sourcing. For most of you in the ten dollars to $40,000 stage, I recommend at least valuing or thinking of your time as $100 an hour. And if you aren't there yet, then you need to be working towards that, getting better, refining that process. Again, we've done this for seven years, so I should be able to make more than, than a lot of people doing this method. If you're brand new and you're making five, ten dollars an hour, then look at the difference as the investment into your business. Because we started at five or ten dollars an hour as well. But as you get better, you can use that as a motivational tool that as you grow, you should be working towards a hundred dollars minimum per hour for sourcing. Okay? Now, the reason you need to know the value of your time and at least have an idea, if you really wanted to figure out what your actual value of your time is, you can do that. Maybe you're at 50 an hour or 20 an hour, but you need to use this thing as the framework or the lens for everything else we're going to talk about in the rest of this, this framework. The last four steps, this is the lens with which we're looking at everything because this is how you're going to judge what you need to outsource first. If you should be making $100 an hour and you're doing a task that costs $15 an hour, well, then that's a pretty easy thing to realize. I can make 100 bucks an hour sourcing. I can outsource prep and ship for 15. That's $85 an hour I'm losing if I don't outsource this task and replace it with something better. I love where he's going here. I love this as a starting point for this conversation. What are you worth per hour in your business? The highest number I've heard with the replens model is $600 per hour. How do we calculate that? I don't know if he's going to go into it or not. I'll hit it briefly. What's your net profit per month? How many hours did you work that month in your business total? That's your dollars per hour. It's an easy metric to measure. Net profit, which is what you put in the bank after all expenses, before you paid yourself, obviously. What you put in the bank? What was the net profit? And divided by how many hours you worked. You can do it for a week or you can do it for a month. And you get a pretty good idea how good am I at this thing? It requires you to know your numbers, of course. And like I said, we did a podcast episode not too long ago. I think it was actually even in the title, $600 per hour net profit. That's getting your systems pretty automated, working about an hour a day at most, and having this whole thing really dialed in to where you've, uh, you can really scale and you've removed yourself from the equation. All right, let's get back into Jimmy's conversation here. Which once we realize that, that changed the way that we operate our businesses because we know that if we're outsourcing something at a much cheaper value, it's arbitrage, right? Then it's like time arbitrage. You're paying $15 an hour for something that you can make $100 an hour for. So that's the lens. Now, the second step is really three questions. Now, naturally, you know, you guys know I'm on YouTube and all that stuff. So five-step framework sounds cooler than, I don't know, three questions plus all of this. You know, maybe it's 12 steps or something. But uh, the three questions in this second step, the very first one, you need to ask on any task you do in your business, does it take more than five minutes for you to do this? And I'm going to give you a second to write it down. Same with live stream people. Does it take you more than five minutes to do this task? The second question out of the three, do you do it more than once? Do you do it more than once? And then the third question, do you not like doing it? Or is it something you don't like doing? Do y'all need me to repeat those? Good? Okay. So those three questions are what we run everything through in our business. So not only do we have the value of our time, we know how much this, uh, we should be making per hour for sourcing if we're you know, doing active stuff in our business to make money. But we now can ask these three questions and it starts to formulate a list of things that should be outsourced first. So for me, I always like to, uh, to go by the ones I hate doing the most. Um, that's the first thing I usually outsource. But sometimes if there's just a clear winner in terms of profitability, then I'll outsource the other things first. But let's give a couple examples for these three questions. So uh, bookkeeping, accounting, okay? You do it more than once, absolutely. It takes you way more than five minutes to do. 
And most people don't like doing it unless you're a crazy person like my mom. So, you know, she's a CPA. And uh, yeah, I'm just kidding. She's not crazy. Love you, mom. Um, she's out there if you guys want to talk to her. Uh, but so those three things typically match or meet the requirement for bookkeeping and accounting. So that's one of the things you should outsource. Okay, let's talk about prep and ship. For me, definitely, we have to do it all the time. It takes way more than five minutes, and I hated it. So we're going to outsource that uh, because I can then take that and source with it. Okay, that was the way that we looked at it. Let's take a look at repricing. You uh, may be using, uh, your, you know, maybe you're doing manual repricing yourself. Well, if you're doing that manually and you're going through your products one by one, at a certain point, it's going to take you way more than five minutes. You're obviously always doing it, and you probably are going to hate it after a certain point. So you need to get a repricer. Okay, so pretty easy to look at everything in your business through this lens of the three questions. But I also want to encourage you to use it for things that aren't in your business. Mowing the lawn might be one. Maybe cleaning your house is another one, right? So there's a bunch of things that you actually do in your life that may be better to pay somebody else to do because you can then use that time for making money in your business or for spending time with your family. If, uh, you know, obviously that's important too and more important. Um, so those are the three questions. Now, after that, I love these three questions and, and a couple thoughts. I just can't help but interject here. Uh, the, the saying you hear around our community quite often is only do the things that only you can do in the law of specialization as well. Any business owner that's scaling and running a profitable operation while enjoying the the fruits of their labor, the liberty that comes with having a successful business, they understand these things. You bring in experts for the complex parts, the parts you don't understand, the repetitive parts of your business. He mentioned having a, an accountant, which is an invaluable resource for any business at any level. You'll be surprised how inexpensive a decent small business accountant can be when you're just getting started and how much value they bring. They easily pay for themselves, for example. No matter what stage your business is at, you should have an accountant. What's the law of specialization? It, like Jimmy just mentioned, even you know, cutting your grass. If it, if it takes you three hours to cut your own grass and you figured out that you're worth $30 per hour in your business, well, that's a $90 decision at that point. Do I really want to spend $90 cutting my own grass? I think the neighborhood kid would do it for 20. It starts to make a lot of sense. Know the value of your time. How much money can you generate in an hour working on your business and start making decisions through that lens? Phenomenal advice. I love that segment and how he just covered it. So let's, let's keep this going. Good job, Jimmy. You need to figure out well, where do we outsource these things? And it's easier said than done. And there's actually four options for where you can outsource stuff, four general categories, I'd say. So after you go through the value of your time as the lens, then you look at the three questions and you've got these things, that you're, you've got a list of items that you want to get off your plate, then here are the four different places to outsource. And they're in order of what I believe is the most cost effective. So number one is most cost effective. The number four is the least cost effective. So number one is a software. Is there a software that already does this thing or can help me outsource this thing to that? Repricers, refund dashboard, etc. Inventory lab, whatever. So software program is number one. The second thing is a virtual assistant. Typically they're going to be for more complex tasks than, uh, than a software program. Um, well, actually, I guess I shouldn't say complex tasks because software can handle pretty complex stuff. But uh, they're typically going to be things that don't have a software, but it's going to be a little bit... E and it's so obvious, sorry to interrupt again so early, so soon, but Keepa is the ultimate software that you must have that saves a ton of time. If you think about it, the reason we're so excited about Keepa, go listen to podcast episode 369 to hear why. It's a $20 a month program. Very rarely do people use our affiliate link. We're not getting paid. I think I've made $150 total having referred thousands of people to that software. I know Jimmy endorses it. It's the starting point software that you must use. It saves you hundreds of hours of research time. It's the only tool that does what it does. Well, some other tools do the same thing, but it's because they've integrated Keepa into their tool. They pull the API from Keepa into their super expensive tool. But all you need is Keepa when you're starting. So I love that he mentioned software is the most efficient. I probably would have blanked that out on that and started with virtual assistants, but he's so right. The right software, Keepa, 
right out of the gate saves you hundreds of hours per month of research time and tracking the products so you can find those profitable winners very quickly. So I, yeah, I love where you're starting virtual assistants or excuse me, software, then virtual assistants. All right, let's pick up where we left off here. Sorry to interrupt you again, Jimmy. Easier to outsource to somebody else for, you know, between four to $6 an hour. So a virtual assistant is number two. Uh, number three on these options uh, is to outsource to a service provider. So that would be something like a prep center or a bookkeeper or a lawn mowing service. All of these are service providers. And then number four would be an independent contractor or an employee to so somebody locally that you bring on. Um, technically, I guess they could be anywhere, but an independent contractor or an employee. Now, when we're going through these different things in our business, we obviously know the value of our time. We ask these questions. We can then take a look at every single thing that we do, and we can look for the easiest ones to outsource first. So this is where you can decide, hey, it's not going to cost me much money because I can outsource to a software that can do the repricing manually for 100 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month or whatever you know the, the software program is versus I'm spending hours on this activity every week. It's way easy to integrate and outsource to a software first. After that, the Proven Replens VA program has made the VA option way easier. Um, that was always a difficult one because there's training involved and all of that. And there's still some training involved even after a Proven Replens VA, but that helps tremendously with sourcing product. You can pay somebody, you know, six bucks an hour, five bucks an hour to source for you, and then you can review it. So now the value of your time is, uh, is a lot of arbitrage there, right? Instead of five bucks an hour, you can be making a hundred on other things. And then obviously we've got uh, service providers, which I love to use because service. He mentioned Proven Replens VA, but didn't name the website. So I'll throw it in there. Just like he just said, Proven Replens VA, as in virtual assistant.com. Proven Replens VA.com. That's where we find, vet, test for competence, and then train, and then retest, and then assign virtual assistants to work just for you if you hire one. So we've gone through all the work of training and vetting them, and then we assign them to one seller. So if you want to hire one of them for your business and pay them for five bucks an hour, which spends like eight times that in the Philippines, it's an incredible business opportunity. All of our virtual assistants are thrilled to work for that pay rate. And of course, you can pay them bonuses and be as generous as you'd like to be because once you guys are working in sync, you're going to be making a lot of money together. So yeah, virtual assistant program to find great replans. And keep in mind earlier on when I said, and Jimmy's kind of without even noticing he did it, he's reemphasizing the point I made earlier. Once you've got the basics of understanding replans and you've got Keepa working and you understand the basics and you understand the process, what's the first thing you're probably going to do after that? Hire a virtual assistant. That puts more money in the bank. You've got someone finding profitable products, right? That's a great first move, a great first hire. So Jimmy worked it in there. He's nailing it. All right, let's get the audio rolling again for Jimmy here. Service providers typically have their own systems. Now, I did get the question in the first session of this. Um, well, if you've got a service provider, do you really need to make any systems revolving around them? Yes, you do on a lot of different service providers because like prep centers have different processes that you need to follow to use their prep center. Some prep centers have their own software, some make you use inventory labs, some do sheets, that kind of stuff. But you don't have to build out all the systems for how to prep and ship things. So service providers already have their systems traditionally, unless they're brand new and they're still making them, they will have those systems for you. And then if you're doing independent contractors or employees, that's where you get into the, the heavy lifting of, okay, now we've got to make systems. So that brings us to step four of the framework. And you notice I say create SOPs or standard operating procedures easily. Now, this is the hardest part for me to, um, I guess, get, get the point across because a lot of times people look at creating SOPs and it's a huge drag on them mentally. And so I, I've tried to come up with a few different ways to make this process easy for you. Now, most people, when they think of creating a standard operating procedure, which just for those of you, is there anybody in here that, that um, I guess, who knows what an SOP is? 
standard operating procedure? Okay. So essentially, for those of you that might not or have never seen one, it is uh, something that you're going to create a list step by step. So um, it's, they'll go to the document, they'll look at the document, they can read through, okay, step one, log into Seller Central. Step two, check account health. Step three, if there's an account health notification, follow these templates for responding to that account health, right? So that's a standard operating procedure. It's essentially step by step of what they need to do to accomplish that task in the business. For many people, it gets very overwhelming. And I actually like creating these because it's the way that I think. Um, and it's fun for me to kind of think, oh, cool, I'm, this is going to be outsourced soon. But for many people, it's overwhelming because you're so used to doing everything in your business. It probably took you a year or two years to learn everything that you're doing. So how can I put something that seems so complex, something that only I know how to do, onto a piece of paper that somebody else can follow? And so here are a couple of different things that I recommend. The very first one, instead of sitting down one day and being like, hey, I need to create all my systems, because when you do that, you're going to eventually probably be like, I don't know what I do in the business. I do everything. Like, where do I even start? Instead of doing that, through the course of your business, through the course of your day-to-day -day activities, you want to be documenting these processes. So you don't have to sit, sit down on one day and make all of these things. You can, on the day that you're um, you know, uploading minimums and maximums to your repricer, you can just click record on your computer and get a screen recording software. It doesn't have to record your face because I know a lot of people don't like that. You can get a screen recording software and you can talk through the process as you're clicking through it. Now what you do with that video, because I don't recommend that you... He mentioned screen recording software. There's Loom, there's Snagit, which is what I'm using right now. I've actually got Jimmy's video running on YouTube and I just created a little screen capture window over the over the video where he is. And it's got a feature where I can pop my face on and off as you're seeing this, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're just listening, you don't know what I'm talking about right now, but that's okay. You can get screen capture software and just do what you do and then talk into the microphone and describe the process. So at least it's documented. And, and one of the reasons he may cover this and what he's about to say, I'm not sure, but one of the th reasons this is vital after being in business 20 years, trust me, I've seen it all. People get sick suddenly, they're in the hospital and it's so much easier to just have a, hey, go here. If something happens, here's the step-by-step -step procedures. Here's how you do this thing. So someone of reasonable intelligence can pick it up, follow the video and off you go. And I'll even put this out there. Anyone I've ever hired on our team, one of the things I tell them when they first come on board is document the processes of what they do in case something happens to them. I'm relying on them before they quit. One of their first, one of the things they commit to me when they're first hired is before I quit and early on, once I start working for you, I will document the things that I do so that if I'm taking out of the, taking out of the picture somehow, we're not scrambling trying to figure out how things work. And you can go on vacation and know that it's being handled, for example. Many great benefits. But I love that you mentioned just screen capture. If it's, if it's internet-based work, if it's online work, there's no reason you can't turn the camera on and just talk as you're doing what you do. It doesn't have to be perfect to be very, very beneficial and useful. Hopefully you found that useful. Loom and I use Snagit is the one I'm using right now. A couple of good programs. There's many other screen capture programs out there. You have a bunch of videos as your systems because um, if anything changes in the software and you have a video, then you have to redo the whole thing, which is a big pain. Ask me how I know. Um, so, uh, but anyway, after you're done with the video, you've got a couple options. You, yourself, could either go through it and I know listening to yourself is a pain. I, I still hate doing that. I've never watched my course. Um, but uh, So you can go through the video and type out everything you said and take screenshots through the video and make the system yourself. Or you can get a virtual assistant to go through the video and do that for you. So now you're outsourcing something for probably six bucks an hour. And I like that option. Have somebody transcribe the whole video for you, take screenshots as you click things, make it into a document. And then now you've got a PDF document so that if that software or that process, one sentence changes, you can just delete it and type a new one instead of having to re-record 10, 15, 20 minutes of a video. So that's number one. The second option, which uh, is a newer one, I haven't done it yet, but I still think it's kind of cool, so I tell everybody about it. If you are hiring people, if you're hiring a virtual assistant or an independent contractor, or you're training your kids, for instance, on how to do something in your business, you can train them, you know, just verbally train them, and then tell them, hey, whenever you're done, I need you to write up a document, exactly what I just told you. And then you know if they, they understood it or not. 
Um, and then you can review it and fix the last 20% of the document that needs to be fixed. So that one I like a lot because for training employees, I wish I had done that early on. Whenever we trained our prep and ship team, I still, after we had trained them, I went through and made the SOPs. I could have just asked them to do it, and then I would have reviewed it and it would have made it easier. After that, those uh, four different steps, actually before I get to this, I'm gonna repeat the four, the four different, or sorry, I'm gonna repeat the two different options for the SOPs. So you can either, what I typically recommend is make a video, send it to a virtual assistant to transcribe and make a document. The second option is you could train somebody and then ask them to make that, okay? Now, after you create these things, what do you do with them? Where do you organize them? For most people, especially newer sellers, uh, people doing probably under $50,000 a month, I recommend using Google Docs, Google Sheets, etc. It's really simple, really easy. You can make hyperlinks, they're easy to share. Uh, you can um, you know, cross-reference um, cross them very easily. And actually, that's still what we use in our main business. I am currently looking into software programs, though. So there are other software programs that help you with creating or organizing your standard operating procedures. You can schedule you know, virtual assistants to do certain tasks. You can essentially um, you know, have the software be almost like uh, a system for you. It'll run the whole thing for you, which I really love. Uh, and so there's two options for software that I'm currently looking at. Uh, one is Flowster which also has a free Chrome extension, whether you have the software or not. It's got a free Chrome extension to help you create SOPs, uh, which I really have been playing with lately, and I like it. The other one uh, that I've looked at is ClickUp. It's just ClickUp, it's one word. Um, and so they've got a lot of different tools for managing VAs and time tracking and stuff. But once you get over, um, you know, or if you're under 50K a month, I don't really see the need to pay for software for that because Google Docs is free and it's really easy to share and it's pretty simple. And that's what I train most people to use is Google Docs. As these new software programs come out or maybe I just learn about them a little bit too late, then I'm gonna start to incorporate some of that. There's also another one that I heard of today uh, called Trainual, T-R-A-I-N-U-A-L. Um, and so I've heard of that one. Uh, it might be a good option, no idea. But uh, you need to organize these things. So typically what I recommend is as you have these documents which become made you know, through the course of your day, you're gonna realize that there's a lot of them that actually integrate together. So let's say one of the things is check account health, and if there's a new account health notification, well now you have to set up a link to the templates that you want them to send back to Amazon. Or how do you respond to that account health thing? So there's multiple different SOPs that come up throughout the day that actually correspond to each other. So maybe it's prep and ship, right? Maybe you've got one for how to prep and ship bubble wrap items for your, your prep and ship employees. Well, as they're going through, maybe they just click on the link for bubble wrap and now they know how to prep those things. They click on the link for shoes and clothing and now they know how to prep those things. So as you get into this, you're gonna start realizing they all interconnect in some way and you can, you can tie them all together through Google Docs very easily, okay? Everybody good on this five-step framework so far? Repeat it? Okay. Um, yeah, I'll go through it real quick. So uh, basically the reason I made this the five-step framework is because uh, you need to start with the lens, the value of your time, step one. Once you know the value of your time, you can now look at every task you do in your business through that lens. If it's something that you can outsource for much less than the value of your time, then you need to outsource it. Now, what's another way to figure out what you should outsource? Using the three questions. And those three questions are going to be, does it take more than five minutes? Do you do it more than once? And is it something that you don't like doing? Those three questions, you're pretty much going to realize almost everything you do in your business falls under those. And things outside of your business, like lawn mowing, cleaning the house, etc., fall under that. Then you need to figure out where to outsource it. So you've got software, you've got a virtual assistant, you've got service providers, and you have independent contractors or employees. Those are pretty much the four buckets of places to outsource things just about anywhere. If there's a new one, I, I would put it down there, but those are the only four I know of. Then how do we create SOPs easily? You can do this through um, either uh, the hard way is sitting down and writing it out, creating your own screenshots, putting it into a document. The easy way is you get a screen capture software if you're doing something on a computer and you record a video, uh, just you talking through that process. 
the virtual assistant or somebody else transcribes that video, takes screenshots from it and makes the document for you. And then you can just move it around or, you know, change it the last 10% as needed. One of the other reasons I want to highly encourage you to get used to using screen capture software if you never have before, it is a beautiful way to communicate with your team. Instead of typing out long, complex emails trying to describe a process, you just turn on the screen capture and say, hey, I was in Seller Central today. I noticed this ASIN. I saw this detail. You know, could you take a look at this? And a picture paints such a clear, or excuse me, the, the image is like as good as a thousand words, right? A <laughs> good image. So you can just capture a screen and audio. You can put your face in the corner. They can see your expression. It's just such a cool tool that helps you communicate. And even when you're talking to like your team in the Philippines, uh, maybe you've got some Filipino virtual assistants. It's a great way to communicate with them as well. So there's some the personal interaction there. It, it adds a little bit of personality to your communication. You can communicate so much more, so much more efficiently using screen capture. If you don't have one of those tools yet that we've mentioned, strongly encourage you to start using them, not just for capturing your standard operating procedures like Jimmy's talking about, but to improve your communication with your team. The other way is you can train somebody and have them uh, to, to make the document almost as like a test. And then lastly, organizing those SOPs. I recommend organizing them within Google Docs uh, because it's free, it's easy to share. But for those of you that want something more complex that uh, helps to automate the business uh, a little bit more, then you could use a software program like Flowster um, or ClickUp or TrainUall. Okay. What's the flow? Okay, Flowster. So F-L-O-W-S-T-E-R. I believe it's flowster.io, but you can Google it. It'll pull up. So that's the five-step framework for what we do really in any business. I've actually used it for training programs. I've used it for a lot of different things. The same exact process for what is it that we need to outsource first? What do we even talk about first? If you even look at this, I would think that if I were to actually overall look at this, that the replens course is almost set up in this structure. So we've got all these different tasks we do in the business, right? We know we're trying to get to $100,000 per month. Everybody, I'm assuming, at the time was starting at zero. So what are these tasks that we need to learn and then outsource in each stage of the business? And that's kind of the framework that I use for this as well. And actually, there are examples of SOPs in the Replens course for free. So if you need to look at some examples, you can find those in there. There's also plenty of examples in the Side Hustle to Full-Time Income book that are included. So a lot of different options for SOPs. If you just need an example, I'm happy to show you one, but they're all also in the, uh, the course. Okay, let's talk about challenges real quick to doing this because I'm sure that a lot of you are looking at this framework and you're like, yeah, it sounds great, but and I'd be happy to hear about some of those if, if they aren't up here. The first one is getting impatient that I see for most people is uh, ultimately you're, you know you've got a lot in your business to do. You know that you uh, almost have too much to do. Right? Uh, does, is there anybody in here that feels like they need more to do in the Amazon business? No one? Okay. All right. So you have too much to do, so you get a little bit impatient with the actual process of having to create these things. Like even the fact of having to click a button to start a screen record on your computer just seems like too much to add. So you get impatient. You're like, I'll do that next time because I don't want to deal with it. And so I just am going to encourage you to actually take a look at what you're trying to build. Like always have, if you can, a long-term mindset and anything that you're doing doing and look at the activities it'll take you to get to that long-term mindset, that end goal, and focus on that as it might slow me down right now, but ultimately it's going to be way better for me in the future and how I outsource this. Also, I didn't mention this, for those of you that have to make systems based off of like prep and ship and you can't do a screen record, you could always just get a video and you're holding the video and talking through how to prep that item. So I know people that actually have something that holds a camera upside down on like a, a table and they'll make videos of how to prep specific things for their team. Okay. And Refund Dashboard is actually incorporating that for prep, prep stuff as well. So that's a pretty cool feature that'll come out soon. But so getting impatient was the first challenge. The second one is no schedule. And so I know many people in here and myself included, as I mentioned, after I quit my job, I woke up and was like, well, what do I do now? I don't know what to do in my business. I don't know uh, what it is that I do. I even know how to operate an Amazon business, right? <laughs> even though I'd done it for years, I kind of had lost what I was supposed to do because I didn't have a schedule and I had to make one. 
And for many people, time management is difficult. Um, you know, I can't imagine, you know, being a, a single mother that has to raise kids and take care of a household and, and do this business. So I can only talk from my experience, which is no kids, <laughs> you know. And uh, so for me, scheduling things, uh, my trick for that is I typically try to focus on the three to five things I have to get done in a day to move my business or my life forward. So for some of you, those three tasks could all be personal. And that's totally fine on some days. But there are days when everything that I want to get done is going to be business. I typically go with five, but I give a little bit of a leeway for some people because three is perfectly fine. And for most people, they get zero things done that move their business or their life forward. So if you're doing one, that's better than a lot of people. Okay? For everybody here at the conference in the community, you're more than likely pushing forward in your business. And so what I recommend is sticking to something that you're getting these different tasks done on a regular basis and actually making it a part of your schedule in your day. And I recommend as well with systems, let's say uh, you know that you need to outsource. So make one of those three or five tasks be, I'm going to sit down and make a video for how I manage my repricer. I'm going to sit down and make a video for how I do uh, prep, how I prep bubble wrap items, whatever it might be. Adding those things into your schedule will help tremendously because if you don't, you don't schedule it, you're never going to get it done. And I figured that out way too long ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a long time ago, but it, it took me a while to get to it. And um, once I started sticking to that schedule, it helped me tremendously. The next thing is just procrastination. And I can't fix that one, but I know that's a challenge for a lot of people. That, uh, they get into this and they're like, you know what? I'd rather not do that, so I'm just not going to. Um, and you think that you can do it the next day or you'll do it the next day, but you don't. And so again, this is where having that long-term vision makes such a huge difference. For me, it does anyway. Like this next year, I'm going to focus on building systems. It doesn't have to happen right now. I'm going to try to do three a week for the next year, and I'll judge the results of how that went at the end of the year. Three weeks, not bad. You could do one a day. You could do whatever, right? But you need to stick to some sort of a schedule and you need to make sure you've got the long-term vision of doing it. I can't fix procrastination. If I could, I'd be much richer and probably on a beach somewhere. But uh, I love that, Jimmy. Good stuff, man. I want to just throw a couple thoughts in as I was hearing him talk about procrastination. And uh, I'm reminded of a saying from Rabbi Daniel Lappin on this topic where he he says, if I had to give you one piece of advice, and he doesn't like breaking things down into one simple tip. It's on very few topics that I've heard him ever do that. He says, life is far too complex for simple little quips and quotes that change your life. But on the topic of procrastination, he has been known to frequently say, the key to success in life is doing what must be done when it must be done. That's what separates the most successful people from the people who just kind of languish. If you find yourself constantly putting things on the back burner. Now, I, I want to contrast that a little bit with most of us are very driven, even type A personality types, where we beat ourselves up at the end of the day, no matter how productive the day was. I'm not talking about that. You've got to operate with a full awareness of your capacity or you're, if, you're, if you're burning constantly, you know, there's even people in our community, I won't name any names, they know who they are, that don't even take a day a week off. You have to. You have to. You'll burn out eventually. Your body will need that break. You'll take that time off in a big chunk at some point if you don't do it over the course of one day per week that you give yourself a break. But we overestimate what we can get done in a day so often. I love that he said three to five. Jeff Bezos is famous for saying he makes two good decisions every day. That's it. If he can make two good decisions that move things in a forward direction, he knows he's had a good day. This is one of the wealthiest man, men to ever walk the planet, guys, okay? So if he's aiming for two and Jimmy's saying three to five, don't you go putting 10, 12, 15 things a day on your to-do list. I mean, those little check it off, you know, I had to call the utility company stuff, that doesn't count. I'm talking about things that move your business forward. No more than two, three, five at the most when you're in hero mode. I love where he went with that. So just a couple thoughts as Jimmy was talking about the procrastination and, and how much we do. So we overestimate what we can get done in a day, but we underestimate the impact of making small, gradual changes and improving the process and learning new skills over a six-year or year-long period. If you do the math, just tiny little 1% improvements over the course of a year, a few times a week, 
you've dramatically changed your life in a year. So don't forget to think through the long-term big picture. I love that Jimmy's encouraging us to do that with this talk. All right, let's give him back the microphone here. Go, Jimmy. Uh, Procrastination, those are my typical, um, you know, my typical recommendations. Okay, since I already reviewed it, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, But the essentials are, it's very important to outsource your business. If you have, um, if you, if you have a vision of growing it to a certain point and you become the bottleneck, then you have to create these systems. Otherwise, you're going to never grow past the point that you're currently at. And I found that out the hard way. So I guarantee it'll happen to some of you as well if you don't start outsourcing things. And it doesn't have to be the way that I did it, or that Brittany and I did it. It can be the way that uh, Jessica and Leah have done it, right? Where they're outsourcing to a bunch of software, they're getting VAs now, and they're able to grow and scale their business that way. They're using service providers. Or you can do it locally, like I did. But this same framework applies to any business, any Amazon business that exists out there, and really any business itself that exists out there. The same framework applies. Great job, Jimmy. That was a tremendous presentation. I know from here he kind of moves into some Q&A time and some other details uh, for the conference. I think we'll wrap it up here. We're well past an hour at this point. I do want to clarify a couple of the resources that he mentioned that he didn't really go into explaining that are, that are very familiar to many people in our community. Probably most people at the event already knew of these resources, but he mentioned Replin Dashboard. We'll stick a link in the show notes in the, in the notes for this episode, what that is. That is a very useful software tool as your replens business, as your Amazon selling business starts to scale. For us, we use it to tell us how many units of each product we should order and when we should order it with, you know, a bunch of different products being sold. It's good to get a reminder, hey, you sold six of those last week. It's time to order 12 of these to carry you through the next few weeks or 15. It makes recommendations on top of a whole lot of other features that really automates the replan business. Remember, this community has the replans model dialed in more than anyone, including a unique world-class top-of-the-industry software, Replin Dashboard. Tremendous tool. He didn't mention his advanced Replin Mastermind in this talk. I'll stick a link to that too. Right now it's full. We've done it a few times in the past. This is for people who have built their business up to the point where they, I think we start, you can't get in unless you're, I think it's a 10 or 30,000 a month. I can't remember, but you have to be at a certain level of scale. And then you get all of Jimmy's standard operating procedures that they've developed. So you don't have to go create them yourself again as your business scales. Those SOPs, those standard operating procedures that Jimmy talked about, those aren't quite as important when you're first getting started. You're in learning and doing mode. You're in hustle mode. You're wearing all the hats. You're in that mode of what I call the intense focused effort, that period of time of intense focused effort where you're kind of doing it all. And if you can get through that, for some people, it's a very short period of time. But if you can get through that, well, now you've got some opportunities to start to build systems and to start to do things, you know, from a, from the vantage point of owning a business versus doing all the steps yourself. And that's where it becomes very useful to step into something like Jimmy's advanced replan mastermind. You can call a coaching office and inquire about it, or you can go to advanced replan mastermind.com. I'll stick a link in the show notes so you can check that out. Those are a couple of the resources that uh, I thought definitely needed a mention as we start to wrap this one up. The last thing I will mention is this was one of dozens of sessions, breakout sessions at the Proven Conference. We're very proud of how that event turned out. Glowing, incredible feedback. Again, hundreds of your fellow listeners to this podcast attended in August of 2022. We'll do it again next year. We don't know where, but if you haven't seen those videos yet, be looking for them at theprovenconference.com. That's the website where you can go and we'll have those videos probably on sale uh, at, a, at a great reasonable price for you very soon. So you can imagine a few dozen sessions of this quality helping you grow your business, move it forward. I think you'll really find that a tremendous investment. So I think I'll wrap this one up here. It's been a great episode. I had a lot of fun listening to Jimmy. He is an awesome dude who really knows his stuff. I love partnering up with him and working on projects together. Very creative. And you can see very systematic in his thinking too. We've got all different personality types around here serving you well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. God bless you, Business Building Warrior. Thanks for hanging out with me a little bit today. We'll have another great episode for you again very soon. 
Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.